Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. of Mr. I'm Mr. Pierre, and I'm so glad to be joined by Kaylin Banks, a phenomenal marketer. And as a teacher who is not familiar with knowing how to market himself very well, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I know there are other teachers out there who are looking to transition into other fields. And so I know this conversation is going to be very beneficial to them. So Kaylin, thank you very much for, for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, if you could give folks sort of, I don't know how many of us are still riding the elevator, but if we were to ride up and down the elevator for 30 seconds, what would be the 30, 30 second pitch of who Kaylin Banks is? Oh man, 30 seconds, that's all I've got. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going all the way up then. You, okay, you got, you got a whole, you got a whole minute and a half then. <laughs> okay, let's see how I can do it. Let's see. Um, so, hi, nice to meet everyone. I am Caitlin Banks, the founder and CEO of Plumridge Marketing. Um, I got my start in marketing. Goodness, I had to have been maybe 11, 12, sometime around there time frame. Wow. Um, yeah, so I actually was a part of a program in Cleveland, Ohio. It was called the Consortium of African American Organization. And it was all about, of course, you know, African-Americans and making sure they had the resources and various tools necessary to exist in America. And one of the smaller initiatives that they had was the Youth Innovation Forum, which I was a part of. And what would happen is essentially in this little, as a part of this forum, we would have corporate sponsors. So companies would come along like Shears Chips is really big in Ohio. Cleveland Clinic was a sponsor of ours. And they would say, okay, here is the prompt. We want you to create a product, a service around this problem that we're trying to solve. And then we would present it to those executives at the end of this program. So that wow. was when I first fell in love with marketing without even knowing that I was doing marketing. And I was like, yeah, this is what I've got to do forever. Um, went off to school, was originally a psychology major, but I was like learning the names and all the way the brain works. Like I like it, but committing that to memory sounds just not fun at all. So that's when I made the transition <laughs> to marketing, which honestly is kind of the same thing as psychology, just without all the nitty gritty scientific aspects, understanding yeah. people, what makes them work, what makes them tweak. Um, and so Got my degree at Howard University, HU. It was a great program, very exciting. And that was kind of when I combined my, I was able to really understand the, combine the love that I had of marketing with the love that I had of being a part of the African-American community. And so then after awesome. getting laid off twice in this pandemic, Plum Ridge Marketing was born specifically for the black and brown community to be able to enhance their marketing skills or just hire someone that looks like them to solve the challenges that they constantly have that maybe somebody else might not necessarily be as cognizant of. So that was way longer than 30 seconds. I don't know if I said enough about me, but you let me know. No, 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 that, that's perfect. I think one of the last things that you mentioned that representation, part of the reason why this podcast came to be was recognizing that at the time I was only of the 2%. That was the number of black men that were teachers here in the States and that's gone down to it's like 1.3 to 1.7 ish, but that representation and that cultural competency of knowing like, Hey, there are certain things when I'm in front of particularly black and brown boys that when they do X, I'm like, I understand X, but I also understand a through W 
that country mm-hmm. for it. So I don't need, they don't need to explain like Mr. Here's why, 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 why. I'm like, no, no, I get it. I'm not, I'm, I haven't lived your life, but I have enough of an understanding so that when you do whatever I can, I get a gist of why you're doing it. So to be able to have, mm-hmm. like you were just saying, someone who understands the black and brown community and can be able to assist them and support them and how they want to market themselves or market dot, 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 period. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's super. Yeah, and, you, and, and to you, your, oh, oh sorry. Bad, I was, go ahead. I, yeah, I was just going to say to your point about the um, representation, that was also kind of the reason why I started my TikTok mm-hmm. channel was because I got on, because I, so I had a, started a role where I went from a very small silo where I was specifically doing strategic events in corporate America to then being a one woman marketing team where I was doing everything. So that meant that Mm. I was having to like touch up my marketing skills and kind of remember some of the things that I learned back in college, which meant I was getting on the internet doing research and there were, there was almost no one that looked like me talking about marketing. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, Mm -hmm. like all over Mm -hmm. YouTube, all over TikTok, but no one that looked like us. And so that was, you know, kind of that same thing. I wanted the representation to be there for our community. For sure, for sure. And what would you say in recognizing that there was that gap there? What would you say was like a hurdle in the beginning to be able to to make that switch? Or was there a hurdle? Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, entrepreneurship comes with 10,000 hurdles every day is a new obstacle. But I guess that's what keeps <laughs> it exciting, right? Keep showing your toes. Um, and I would say my biggest thing right now is awareness. You know what I mean? Like being able to come in while there are so many people talking about marketing, so many people are talking about so many different aspects of marketing, right? Because what I talk about is specifically strategy and planning, but then you've got folks who are talking about just growing on social media. And then you have people talking about which platforms to grow on. You have people talking about paid advertisements, affiliate marketing, which is like barely marketing at all. But you know, there's so much in this, so much going on in the world of marketing. And then I'm like, okay, so how can we cut through the noise? You've got so many, so much going on. Um, And so I think cutting through the noise and just making people aware of the brand is definitely one of the biggest obstacles that I faced at the beginning. And honestly, I'm still working through that challenge. It's probably always going to be a challenge where at the very beginning, you know, just letting people know, hey, I exist. I'm here. This is what I can do. um, And I can do it well. (laughs) For sure. And what is it that if a person who's listening to this um, is like, okay, what can queen banks help me with like yeah, i don't even absolutely. know what i don't know i don't know what i don't know but i know i need her i know that if we have a conversation she'll help me out what is it <laughs> yeah. that you can help folks with yeah absolutely so what i built plum ridge plum ridge marketing specifically around was the idea that so i work with the greater washington urban league as a subject matter expert specifically in marketing. okay so I had a lot of experience working with clients, small businesses and entrepreneurs in the underserved community. And what I kept hearing over and over again was the same questions. People asking me, like, how do I find my audience? Like, they're telling me that I can't be everywhere and I can't be everything for everyone. So how do mm-hmm. I define that audience? How do I find where they're sitting? You know, like very basic fundamental things that people aren't doing when they start a business. They're kind of just like, I've got an idea and I'm going to hit the ground running, which is amazing. Yep. That's great. But sometimes what would happen a lot of times was people wouldn't take the step, wouldn't stop and take the step to plan and strategize. And so then they would have to keep planning and strategize every step of the way. And so that's what I help people do. I help people create 
that solid brand foundation that's going to align with your business goals. So we're going to create marketing goals that are going to directly align with your business. So if you say to me, Kaylin, I want to make $10,000 a month, I'm going to say, okay, well, here are the marketing strategies that we can implement to help you get there. This is the things we need to be paying attention to. These are, you know, these basic marketing fundamental elements that we need to have in place in order to get you to that final goal. So that's what I help us do. I help our community do. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, there's a teacher who's listened to this. Mm -hmm. It's October. Shocktober is setting in because now the kiddos are familiar with this teacher. They're like, all right, we're going to show you our true colors. And this teacher is like, wowzers. I was not ready for this. All the Pinterest stuff that I was seeing, all the stuff I was seeing on TikTok and YouTube was just all the beautiful blah, blah, blah. And now they're thinking, okay, my contract is for this year. This is may not be for me. What should they start doing knowing that they can't leave or exit um, in that month of October or November, but sometime in June? What's going to be the the, what ought to be the plan for that? Well, I guess it would say what would the main thing would be what would be your final goal? If you decide that you don't want to be in this classroom anymore, what do you want to do? Do you want to be outside of the classroom teaching people virtually? Do you want to just create courses that you're giving to people? And then from there, I would say um, the very first thing, I mean, honestly, that would be like the main thing is figuring out what that plan is. What's the end goal? And then let's work backwards to figure out how we're going to do that. So if you decide, let's say, for example, we'll go with, if you want to decide that you're going to teach online courses, you're going to sell those. Um, One of the very first things I would tell you to do is start building a community online. That's going to be always the main thing is like anytime you're looking to make any sort of transition at any point, you need people that are going to make that transition with you or are going to be there on the other side of your transition. So building that community can look like a plethora of things that can look like starting building your presence on a social media platform. Of course, understanding which where your target audience is. Are they on Pinterest? Are they on TikTok? Are they on Instagram? Because who mm-hmm. are you selling this course to? Are you selling it to the parents or are you trying yeah. to sell it to the students? You know, like, yep. so then, you know, that's, if you want to sell it to the students, you might want to get on Snapchat. You might want to start mm-hmm. playing around with some Snapchat filters. But if you're selling it to the parents, maybe you want to be on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and so building that community, you can do that just by being, have a presence on social media. You can have a web page where you're producing blogs. You can be doing webinars where you're just letting people know, hey, you can pick a specific topic. So let's say, for example, you are a math teacher. And so now you're teaching people, here's how to do, here's how to easily do long division, right? Or here's how to easily calculate, you know, the 20% discount that you're going to get at the store when you're going shopping, right? Like the things that your audience is looking for. And then essentially what you're doing is you're establishing yourself as a leader in that industry. You're letting people know, hey, I'm a teacher and I know what the hell I'm talking about. So here (laughs) it is. I'm putting it out there for you to absorb, you know, for right now for free. And then so that, you know, when I'm, you know, going to sell a course, you're going to buy it because I've already established myself as somebody who understands what they're talking about. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So folks, to the folks who are listening, start to similar to the way that you would plan your lessons or plan the unit and knowing like, all right, I want kiddos to meet this objective, this objective, this objective. Step number one from Kaylin is that, hey, what is your end goal? What is it that you eventually want to get to? 
determine what that is. And then from back there, um, plan backwards, backward plans to how that's going to happen. And like she said, if it's going to be to the kiddos, get on that Snapchat, get on that tickety talk. If it's for the parents, <laughs> the older, older folks are going to be more on Facebook and whatnot. So, all right, cool, cool, cool. Now for, for you, um, being in this space, um, how do you, uh, help the folks who are reading you for the first time, like really see that, yo, I know what it is that I'm talking about, that I've got the goods you want to be, uh, you want to work with me. Yeah, I would say that's a fun challenge. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think, but I think at the same time though, it's kind of, it's very easy to see when you know absolutely nothing and someone knows a little bit more than you. And so a lot of times what will happen with my clients, very first call that I have with them, it's a free consultation, right? So I just allow them to sit, chat with me about your brand. What do you have going on? What are your hopes and dreams? And a lot of times clients will come at you with issues, with problems, right? Because yeah. obviously they have something that they're trying to solve with you. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times I'll kind of like let them know, hey, listen, this is not a big deal. Like, for example, I had a client who was hoping to host a conference and they were, they had been hosting it throughout the pandemic. So their growth was very, it wasn't astronomical. There was small growth, maybe 5% year over year. And so when you say 5%, that sounds like very small growth. So in her mind, she's like, yeah, I don't really want to put that out there because it sounds like we haven't done anything. And all I did was just a simple, you know, just listening to her problem I just kind of flipped it for her. And I was like, listen, hey, we can change that narrative. We don't have to say 5%, but we can say like, you know, you grew 200 attendees year over year, which sounds a lot better than 5%. And then they're slowly kind of like, huh, yeah, you know? And so that's just how it is, just gradually throughout, slowly but surely showing them there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm, dope, dope. And I, I like mm -hmm. what you just said of like, helping folks see like, Hey, if you know X and I know X, Y, and Z, this is the reason why you're coming to me. It, it isn't mm -hmm. per chance that you're you're asking for my services. I know what it is that I'm doing. Um, uh, I'm sure you run up to that. You run up against that wall <laughs> quite a bit, being oh, the yeah. magnificent black woman that you are. <laughs> folks <laughs> wanting to doubt you. Um, what other, I guess, obstacles would you say do your clients present you with that you're like, oh, this may seem like this ginormous thing, but it really is just some, just a perspective that you just, like you just mentioned, um, to, to help them with. Yeah. I mean, I would say the biggest challenge that people always come at me with, come at me with is, well, who, okay. <laughs> I'll say two. There are two. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is I understanding who their target target audience is. And then the second one would be finding them. Okay. So the number one thing that I almost always hear people say to me when I ask them who their target audience is, who are your customers, who's buying from you, what are their demographics, psychographics, geographics? They don't know those things. And when I ask them who their customers are, they'll say to me, everyone, who are you trying to sell to? Anyone that's one of, that wants to buy my product. Not quite. That's not quite where we want to go there, right? We want a very targeted understanding of who's purchasing our products because not everybody wants or needs the same things, right? What you, Even, what you mean, Kaylin? Not everyone wants everything? Like, how, 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 wants how do you niche phone? down? <laughs> right, right. And that's another thing that people don't, like you, you see that all over the place, all over the internet. You need to niche down. You don't need yeah. to niche down. And let me just say about that really quickly. 
I would say for most people, niche down, pick a niche, do it. Because the mm-hmm. people who aren't niching down, they have a niche. They just don't understand what their niche is. The people who are producing videos and there's no real like uh, theme, it seems, to their videos. Maybe in one video yeah. they're dancing and another one they're cooking and another one they're just <laughs> vlogging. Their yeah. niche is their personality. Their niche is that they can talk to the camera about anything and you will listen. Their niche yeah. is that they're funny. You know, their niche is that they're relatable. That is still a niche. So niche down. It's fine. It'll be okay. And you don't have to stick to that niche forever. I think that's why people are always so yeah. afraid to niche down because they're like, yep. I have to do this for the rest of my life. No, you don't. You can yeah. transition. If you start making your, let's say you start your TikTok on hair care, right? You don't have to do just sit down and talk to the camera and do your hair forever. You can, you know, get ready to go out with me. You can do a, here's how I styled my hair for this event. Here's how I do my hair when I travel. You know, there's options if you can build on that niche. And once you've built that community, it's a lot easier to transition a community that's learned to fall in love with you into something else. Um, So looking back at our target audience, understanding who that specific person is, what is their age range? Because what I wanted at 21 is not the same thing that I want at 29. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not completely different. So, you know, we've got to understand that and we have to market appropriately. And then two people will tell me, well, how do I find them? Where are they? You don't know because you haven't broken down their demographics, their psychographics, their geographics. You don't understand what they need so that you can come in and fill that gap. And that's why you can't find them. That's why you're having trouble with sales. Professor Banks, like you just use some multi-syllabic words and I'm not ashamed <laughs> as a teacher to be like, I don't know what she's talking about. When you say the demographics, the psychographics, and what was the other one? Geographics, yeah. What, what, you, what you mean by that? What the, what the hell am I talking about? Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Could, you, so your could you break it down? Break it down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So those are three, and then there's a fourth one. Um, and I won't, I won't, I won't get too much into that. But those are like the big three when you're mm-hmm. identifying who your customer is. Those are the big three things you want to know. So your demographics are going to tell you things like how old are they, what's their ethnicity, their mm-hmm. psychographics are going to tell you things like where do they like to shop. What do they do for fun? What are their hobbies? What are their interests? And their geographics are going to tell you, where do they live? What region are they based in? Where are they doing that shopping? Like, for example, I'm based here in the DMV, but there's, you know, so many options. You can either live in D.C., Maryland or Virginia. And then the vibe in all three of these places are completely different. different. So, you know what I mean? Like, where are people frequenting? What are they what are they doing? So understanding that will give you a very clear picture of what your customer looks like. So then you can say, okay, if I know their hobbies and their interests, then when I go to take out, let's say paid ads, then if I know that they love to shop on Sheen, then I might take out some paid ads on Sheen. And that's how you're going to find your customers or understanding, you know, their your demographic is between the age of 25 or 35. Well, there's a social platform that's specifically for that age sure. range. It is Instagram or it's TikTok mm-hmm. at a certain time of day, you know, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Okay. Okay. It's making a little bit more sense. All right. Sweet. Yeah. And now once a person understands those big three, once a person has been able to niche down, once a person is like, all right, I know I would love to make 10 K tutoring kiddos online, um, 10 K a month tutoring kiddos online, particularly middle school kiddos, kiddos who are out in California and because it's online, whether that be Northern Southern or central, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, what is then the next step that you would advise that teacher to do? 
Absolutely. So I would say first step next is going to be creating buyer personas. If we're going to do the entire state of California, what's happening in Northern California is different than what's happening in LA than is different than what's happening in Southern, right? So from there, I would probably create three different buckets of buyer personas and say, here's how I'm going to market to my my no-cal students. Here's how I'm going to market to SoCal. Um, And then I don't know what we call middle California. LA, I don't know, the Bay. The Bay, yeah. The Bay, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so create those buckets from there. And then I would say probably from there, I would figure out, okay, so if you've said, I want to make this amount of money, then I would go backwards and say, all right, so how many students do I need? Because how much do I, how much should I be charging students? And then how many students would I need to actually reach that goal? Is that a plausible, did we do a smart, did we break this down smartly? Is this a smart goal? Um, because then, you know, if I have to charge students, $300 $300 to enroll in this course that may or may not be feasible. I mean, in California, that might be a little bit more feasible, right? Because California yeah. is expensive. But, yep. you know, it's it's like then I could say, all right, $10,000 divided by 300. Maybe I need, I don't know, math, 200 mm. students to enroll, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And so then, you know, you could, then I would go back, then I'd say, all right, I need to reach this many people. So here are the marketing efforts that I'm going to do to reach these people because I know they're on these platforms. They're doing these things. You know, I know they're watching youtube all day and all night so i'm taking Mm -hmm. out ads on youtube um so essentially developing your strategy from there so then figuring out okay what are my four p's going to be what's my price going to be the place is it virtual is it in person what's my promotions going to look like um and then figuring out okay how exactly am i going to do those promotional activities am i going to write a blog am i going to what's another one that i haven't said um Emails. Am I going to get them on an email list? Am I going to do newsletters? Am I going to get on Instagram live? You know, am I going to yeah. go live every Monday and Wednesday? How am I going to reach them? And honestly, a lot of marketing is trial and error, which is why right. it's so fun for me, but it's very tedious for others because you do kind of have to see what works. I'm loving it because you're, as a teacher, there are so many things that you're saying that I'm like, oh, we do that. We do that. We do that. So it doesn't seem so far-fetched or doesn't seem out of the realm of what we're already doing um, mm-hmm. to be able to say, all right, let me just, I'm, I'm just switching the degree of instead of my focus here, it's doing this coupled with it. Um, and that last point that you made of, hey, let me just, once I understand that, work backwards. And then what you just said with the, um, I think it was the three Ps of like my promotions, um, like who it is that you're the person that you're going for, what age group and whatnot. And then whatever was the, the last, I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds similar to, yeah, what we do when, when it comes to me being a math teacher. Okay. I do that when it comes to like, I know there's an assessment coming up at the end of this unit. I want to have these other formative assessments come to it so that by the time they get to the summative, exactly. it's all good. And I'm getting data along the way. And I may think I have a, a bomb lesson, but then when the kiddos actually bomb it, I'm like, oh, that didn't hit the way I thought it would. Okay. Let me right. go back and try exactly. again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I would say because I think most people, you know, they have an idea. They have like that final goal. Right. I know my goal for the year, my my, you know, they've given me my, you know, curriculum, like the main goal that the students need to achieve at the end of eighth grade, you know, and so Mm -hmm. then you work backwards. from that. Exactly. It's very logical. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say has been like the 
Because there are, again, as an educator, we all remember and we tend to focus on the things that don't go well. But yeah. now this being year 17 for me, I'm like, no, I got to remember the great things that do happen. Celebrate the little wins. What have been the wins for you in Plum, um, Plum Ridge Market? Yeah, um, my little wins. I would say um, most recent little win is probably me starting this series where I have decided that I'm going to build an online course. So my platform is all based around education. I love educating. I love learning and I love sharing knowledge. That is the Aquarius in me. Like as soon as <laughs> I learn a fun fact, I'm like calling everyone like, oh, guess what I just learned? Because I just, I feel like everyone should be there. Um, so I create, I'm in the process of creating a digital marketing course so that, you know, for people who are a little bit more hands-on and want to go through the process themselves, they can. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent 30 days, I'm on day 26 now. So I've spent almost 30 days walking people through the process with me. And I think that's been, it's been really helpful. Just, I've seen a lot of growth in my account. I've been getting a lot more engagement, people commenting, just being a lot more involved. And I was like, oh, you mean to tell me that all of these social media gurus have been right? Consistency is key. All I need to do was start a series and post regularly. Um, so that's been that was a small little win recently that just, you know, it's the little things that get you so excited when you're like, you know, starting to see progress and growth. It's exciting. Um, another little win that I had recently is I work a lot with the Greater Washington Urban League and I was kind of came in as working for them as a subject matter expert teaching their clientele. But now it's become where like they have, I'm kind of advising them as well as teaching individualized workshops myself. So like I get to do promo, I get to put my face out there and be like, hey guys, come learn about marketing from Kaylin. So yeah, that's very exciting, very exciting. So to be able to do more little opportunities like that, um, it's a small things, you know, they keep you motivated, keep you going. I can't hear you. I think you might be muted. I was saying for sure, for sure. And congrats to you. And I was getting ready to ask, like, I love hearing how folks um, are leveling up, even if it is Mike, just these 1% leveled up. I love James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and how just 1% every single day is going to lead to great changes by at the end of the year. And so hearing those or remembering those little wins, however small you may think they are, when you do look back, you're like, oh, yeah, I've done it. I've done the thing. I've been doing the yeah. thing. Yeah. So congrats to you. <laughs> thank if you, you would, thank you. If you were to recommend um, a book that has filled your cup personally or professionally or both, if you've got multiple, um, what would that book be? Oh, man. I've read so many good books lately. And honestly, it's funny. So they're definitely all personal, but like they'll help mm -hmm. with professional as well. So I would say one of the things that we don't talk about a lot of, as entrepreneurs is the mental health that goes into being an Ooh. entrepreneur, okay. you know, like that piece where it's not always easy. You know, some days are butter. Some days mm -hmm. you just have people like banging down your doors, you know, trying to work with you. And other days it's like crickets and you're like, hello, guys, world, <laughs> I'm still here, you know? Yeah. And so um, I think for me, one of the biggest things has been like, okay, this, I started this job, I started this brand out of necessity, essentially, after being laid off twice in the pandemic and feeling as though I didn't have the security that I expected to have being in corporate America and wanting mm -hmm. to be more in control of my own destiny and my security while also supporting my community. Um. 
but getting laid off twice in the middle of a global pandemic is tough, you know, like it's, and, and especially because, you know, I started like applying to jobs, but it was like marketing was one of those roles that like everybody was getting rid of their marketing departments, you know, mm. that's like one of the first jobs, you know, and I was in a tech industry too. So, oh, oh yeah, they were like, how can we easily save money? <laughs> like HR mm. and marketing, those are the two departments. Yeah. Um, so it was difficult, you know, there was a bit of depression in there. And when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of don't have a lot of room for those things, you know, because you have to stay motivated. You have to keep going and persevering and pushing through. So two books that I read that were absolutely amazing. One is called What Happened to You and is by Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. You read that? You heard of it? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. That one. So I love yeah. that one. Right. Because it really, really broke down book. for me. Like it really helped me understand trauma differently and it helped me understand yeah. it like I think having Oprah in there and adding that minority element to it and being like, no, yeah. I was getting whoopings, you know, and like yeah. little things like that, like that's so normal in our community, but like, you know, in other communities, it's like, what? You got beat. Like that's traumatizing, right. you know? And, and so I really enjoyed that one. And then how to set boundaries. Oh, I have to look her name up. Her name is um, a little longer, but how to set boundaries. I think is excellent, especially in our community, because we don't do, I think just growing up, there was a ton of opportunity for us to, we just, we didn't have a lot of boundaries. You know what I mean? Your parents, you couldn't lock doors in your house. I mean, you could barely close doors. Your parents would love to bust them down. You know what I mean? Like your little journal, they were reading it, like everything. We didn't have a lot of boundaries. And so then as an adult, it means that we have difficulty setting boundaries with our friends, with coworkers, whoever it may be. And yeah. then we ultimately kind of end up burning ourselves out in the long run because we mm -hmm. are constantly letting people tear down these boundaries that aren't very solid. Yeah. And that is, oh my goodness. This book has just been so helpful at just reshaping, even understanding like how to set those boundaries. Um, and I want to give me her full name. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nita uh, Nidra Glover Tawab. Tawab? All right. Tawab. Yes, I, I know I'm probably butchering her name. As am I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, is it the one that has the four different colors? Mm -hmm. okay. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right. Dope, and it dope, just came dope. out. It's already a New York Times bestseller. It just recently came out, I think maybe like early this year. And it has just, mm -hmm. oh, those two books combined. I'm telling you, man, chef's kiss. Oh, sensational, sensational. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. If this this is the the part of the, pro, uh, the podcast that I love because I'm a lover of music. And so I love asking folks for their playlists. And so if I were to ask you, it could be five artists, it could be five songs, um, can be more than five, but just five is the minimum. Who would be on your playlist right now? Who's on a uh, Kaylin Banks's playlist? Okay, depends. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you all my moods, but J Cole yes. is number one. I don't care yes. what mood I'm in. Jermaine's I don't care it. if I'm yeah. happy, sad. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, if I'm going out for Friday night, I'm going to the club. I'm thinking I'm about to get a little ratchet. You know, I gotta have some <laughs> Gucci on the playlist. We gotta okay. have Guwa. Okay. 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 <laughs> That's two. 
Um, number three, if I'm just like feeling myself and I'm just in like my bad girl era, you know, Ari Lennox all day, okay. all day. Give me some nice, Ari. Nice. If I just want to chill and vibe out, ooh, this one's a toss up. If I just want to chill and vibe out and relax, I'm either going to listen to ASAP Rocky or I'm going to listen to Schoolboy Q. Ooh. And we're going to go like mixtapes for them. Like okay. we're going to go, the only album of ASAP we're probably going to do is Pretty Flocka. That's the only okay. one. But we're going all, right. all mixtapes, old school. And then number five. Interesting. Nice. Probably Re. We got we got to have Rihanna on there. Re she. I felt like the moment you said ASAP, Riri was gonna slip in there some way or another. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm a huge Riri fan. Riri honestly probably comes number two under J Cole. I'm a huge Rihanna fan. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah, a good anti. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> So I have a little oh. bit of everything, you know. We're gonna yeah. chill. We're gonna lay back. We're yep. gonna turn up. We're gonna get a little ratchet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. Nice, yeah. folks. Wait, now I'm curious. You have to tell me your playlist now. So me, um, and similarly to this, it, it's like water. So it changes. So if you catch me next week, it'll more likely than not change. Yeah. Right now, I'm a very much uh, Wyclef John. And yeah. anything that he was with Fuji's, Lauren Prize, that sort of era, I'm really into that right now. Number two, I would say um, Jay-Z. Give me anything from Blueprint. I'm down with that. Number three I know I've been incepted because you mentioned uh, Schoolboy, um, that <laughs> I'm probably going to throw in Kendrick. I'm uh, thinking maybe even Sci High. Um, and then you said mixtapes, so I feel like Little Wayne has got to be in there as well for a mixtape. And then... Um, which ones? Which ones? No ceilings? Which ones? No, no, no. I, I am more... I think I'd probably go back to, like, Carter Four. Ooh. Yeah, I would go. Okay. I would go back to early, maybe Carter three, Carter four, and now that we're talking about it, because of that, and I'm sure because the movie is out, still the Inception, throwing some Nikki. But if I throw in Nikki, then Nikki makes me think of Cardi. That goes back and forth, and then if I think mm -hmm. that, then I'm going with you of like similarly Rihanna and Beyonce is going to be in the mix. So I think I'd round it out so that that's like eight. I think then <laughs> nine. <laughs> Nine would have to be Childish Gambino, and then yes. number oh my, ten. Let's go to a concert together. What number ten? <laughs> just the way outfield and Sharon. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just give you a little like, huh? where did that come from? Yeah, strumming like guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Mellow you out a little I bit. I love yeah. that though. Yeah, See, mine would be mine would be my little oop that you wouldn't catch would be old school Swift. Like old school Taylor back in like 2012, Ooh, 2013, yes, Taylor Swift. Yes, yes. Only maybe one heartbreak, not six. So there's still a little, <laughs> little more joy in her in her voice. Okay. She still got hope. She still <laughs> exactly. got hope. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. All right. Yes. All right. I like it. I like it. Folks, yes. this has been another dope conversation with another dope individual. I'm hoping that you were able to pick up a couple of gems from this episode. I know I definitely was. I'm Mr. Pierre, she's Kaylin Banks, and this has been another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. We're out.